Welcome to the Elevate Your Leadership podcast series with U.S. Navy Special Operations veteran, CEO, and hockey fanatic, Bob Pizzini. Bob discusses leadership, success, failure, defining moments, and hard lessons learned with guests who are intentional in their approach to leadership. Leadership is a perishable skill. Use it or lose it. In this series, entrepreneurs, industry executives, academics, public figures, and other highly effective professionals share their formulas for success with you. Welcome to this episode of the Elevate Your Leadership podcast with me, your host, Bob Pizzini. Today, we're going to discuss the science of leadership as defined by me. Before we dive deep on the science of leadership, I want to cover some ground rules to make sure you get the most out of this podcast. Ground rule number one, bluff. Bottom line up front. Leadership is a perishable skill. Use it or lose it. Just as a musician rehearses or an athlete practices for the game, tournament, championship, leaders must revisit the basics and hone their leadership skills on a regular basis. Ground rule number two, think in terms of 5.1 surround sound or stereo. First, apply these principles of leadership to yourself. Then, apply these principles of leadership to those that you lead. What I mean by that is enable them. Make leaders out of those who work for you. Okay, here we go. The science of leadership. I like to begin things with definitions to make sure we're all working off the same foundation. Let's define science right out of the dictionary. Science, the intellectual and practical activity encompassing the systematic study of the structure and behavior of the physical and natural world through observation and experiment. Let's simplify that a little bit. The study of the structure and behavior of the physical and natural world through observation and experiment. Folks, you are part of the physical and natural world. If you observe and experiment with your style of leadership, With your power types, with your ability to lead, you will become better and more effective and last for the long term. So, the science of leadership as defined by me has six major components. Those components are rest, hydration, nutrition, exercise, brain and heart health, and lifelong learning. Now, if you tuned in from Google or Spotify, or Apple, and you saw the graphic for this podcast, you will see that those six components are expressed as a Venn, intersecting circles. What that means is each of those components, rest, hydration, nutrition, exercise, brain, and heart health, are so interrelated that a change in one of those, positive or negative, will have a corresponding change in one or all of the others. For example, If I'm not well rested and I'm not well hydrated, my exercise is not going to create as much benefit for my brain and heart health as it otherwise would, which ultimately feeds back into restful, recharging sleep. Speaking of sleep, the first of the six factors, or what I call the six-pack to the science of leadership, how much sleep do you get every night? How much sleep should you get every night? Let's start with the second question. Science generally agrees that the average adult should get between seven to nine hours of sleep every night. Through all of my Elevate Your Leadership courses, I've found that most people get somewhere between seven to nine hours of sleep every night. Now, some people can function perfectly fine with less than that. Others need a little bit more. Going back to the science, this is about experimentation. 
But let's not lose focus on why this is so important. Studies have found that when leaders show up for work unrested, they are more likely to lose patience with employees, act in abusive ways, and behave unethically. Sleep disturbances cause memory loss and irritability. Insufficient sleep and fatigue lead to poor judgment, lack of self-control, and impaired creativity. If you're not well-rested, you're not on your A-game, and neither is the rest of your team with a sleep-impaired leader. There are four conditions under which we tend to make poor decisions. Those conditions are hungry, angry, lonely, and tired. As a leader, avoid making important or urgent decisions when you are not well-rested. As a leader, recognize when others are not well-rested. Two final things on sleep and rest. First, hydration, nutrition, and exercise contribute directly to a good recharging sleep. Two, human growth hormone is secreted when you are in your deepest phases of sleep. And human growth hormone heals your body, allows your body to grow. Good restful sleep produces the largest quantities of HGH or human growth hormone. Factor number two in the science of leadership, hydration. For the purpose of this discussion, hydration as defined by the American Academy of Health Sciences is any fluid that does not contain alcohol. So coffee, tea, soda, unfortunately, all of those fluids count as hydration. Once again, any non-alcoholic beverage counts as hydration. So, how much water do you drink on a daily basis? How much water should you drink on a daily basis? Once again, when I say water, I'm talking about fluid intake, but it's just easy for me to use the term water. Most people don't know the answer to either one of those questions. How much do you drink and how much should you drink? Let's start out with how much should you drink? Now, there's a bit of disagreement on this, but I have found the following to be the most credible. Your body weight in pounds divided by two is how many ounces of fluid you should consume on a daily basis. For example, I weigh 180 pounds. I should drink at a minimum 90 ounces of non-alcoholic fluid on a daily basis. Do I drink that every day? No. That leads to question number two, how much do I drink on a daily basis? And that requires you to meter your fluid consumption. The easiest way to do that is a bottle that has a known quantity. For example, my Nalgene bottle is 32 ounces. I fill that water bottle three times a day and I've consumed my daily recommended amount of fluid. If I exercise in PT, which I do every day, I should consume more. Most people are in a constant state of dehydration. Up to 60% of the human adult body is water. Your heart, 73% water. Your blood, 83% water. Your brain, 73% water. Your lungs, 83%. Your muscle tissue, 79%. And your skin, 84%. This is why so much fluid is required to be consumed on a daily basis. How does this apply to leadership? Quite simply, it is one of the six factors that contribute to good decision-making and good situational awareness or something other than that. My last tip for leaders on hydration, drink eight to 16 ounces of water first thing in the morning before your feet hit the floor. Have that water on your nightstand. Hydrating first thing in the morning breaks the fast. Breakfast, when we sleep, we dehydrate. Break the fast first thing in the morning with eight to 16 ounces of water. This does three things lubricates your spine, 
awakens your mind and activates your digestive system. If that's the only thing you take away from this discussion, you will feel the benefits immediately. Factor number three, nutrition. Here's an interesting fact. 70% of chronic disease in America is preventable through diet. Said another way, 70% of chronic disease in America is caused by diet, and yours truly is guilty. My cholesterol has been ticking up and up and up over the years. Within the last year, I finally decided to do something about it, not through medication, but through diet, and the results are remarkable. My cholesterol came down almost 100 points simply through dietary choices. But what does this have to do with leadership? Simple. The right food fuels the body and the brain. And you need both to be the most effective leader you can be to get through the day. If you have the means, I recommend that you work with a dietitian. Put yourself on a 30-day plan, do some lab work, and allow that dietitian to create meals for you that will help you achieve your physical objectives. When you learn what to eat, when to eat, and how to eat, you will find that you are energized throughout the day. More importantly, you have mental clarity. So when people bring you those tough situations where you have to make tough decisions, you have this 360 degree awareness of what's going on, allowing you to make the best decision possible. Meals on work days, especially the lunch meal, should be something that energizes you for the rest of the day, rather than put you into what Daniel Pink calls a trough. A trough is a time when you have difficulty focusing and concentrating and getting things done. How can we put this into action? Simple. Prepare your meals ahead of time, especially lunch. Remember our four factors that cause poor decision making. Hungry, angry, lonely, tired. H. Hungry. Let's avoid that in the workday. Have meals prepared. Have them ready to go. Make sure they're nutritious and energizing meals. You'll reduce stress knowing that when lunchtime comes, all you have to do is walk to the break room, grab that nutritious, energizing meal out of the refrigerator, go outside on a sunny day and enjoy that meal, and get right back to work, fully energized, ready to plow through the rest of the day. The final takeaway on nutrition is that having meals ready, especially at lunchtime, reduces stress, saves time, saves money, nourishes the body, nourishes the brain, and allows you to be a better leader. Factor number four, exercise. This is where things really start to happen. Throughout my 26-year Navy Special Operations career, we would PT or conduct physical training on a daily basis. This is just part of the military mindset, especially in special operations. However, my brain and my body were talking to me the whole time. Sometimes I understood the message and sometimes I didn't. Quite simply, when you elevate your heart rate to between 60 and 85% of your age recommended maximum, something called neuroplasticity turns on in your brain. Neuroplasticity is the brain's ability to grow, change, adapt, and heal. Some of my greatest moments of clarity have come either during or right after exercise. And quite simply, that's because I've activated neuroplasticity. Now, when it comes to exercise, I'm not talking about being a marathon runner or a bodybuilder or some world record holder. I'm talking about how you feel on a daily basis. Are you energized? Do you have mental clarity? Do you last throughout the whole day? Do you look at your watch at five o'clock and go, wow, where did the day go? Because I was just so energized throughout the whole day. The only way that happens is through rest, hydration, nutrition, and now exercise. 
It's not even about what the scale says. It's about your energy level throughout the day. And without exercise, your energy levels are going to deplete earlier in the day and your ability to be productive throughout your lifetime is going to be reduced by years. As a leader, everybody's watching you, right down to what kind of shoes you're wearing. Set the example. Talk about exercise on a regular basis. Provide rec center passes or some way for your team to exercise, either at work, before work, or after work. Set goals for yourself and discuss goals with others. A fit workforce is a much more productive workforce and I have learned through experience that a fit workforce will focus on the task and not be distracted by things that take away from solid productivity. I started doing yoga about two years ago. That's been life-changing for me. I've also installed some fitness equipment, some basics within my facility. I have a three-story facility and I have 35 people that are on my team. And I want to enable a culture of fitness. Remember, employee happiness, comes from culture and values, fitness contributes greatly to culture and values. Moving on to factor number five of the six. Let's just recap where we are. We talked about rest, hydration, nutrition, exercise. Now we're moving on to brain and heart health. There's a lot here and I'm gonna go through this quickly. You really have to pay close attention. We already talked about neuroplasticity, the ability of the brain to grow, change, adapt, and heal through exercise through elevating our heart rate to 60 to 85% of our age recommended maximum. Now, there's some other things that happen in the brain through the autonomic nervous system. Two things specifically are the activation of your sympathetic nervous system and your parasympathetic nervous system. Let's talk about sympathetic. Somebody cuts you off in traffic. Heart rate goes up, blink rate goes up, pulse rate goes up. Vision literally narrows your ability to rationalize the situation is reduced, you're angry. This also happens when the tiger's chasing you. This is called fight, flight, or freeze. The tiger's chasing you, blink rate goes up, vision narrows, heart rate goes up, pulse rate goes up. All I wanna do is run from that tiger. That's your sympathetic nervous system taking you out of the driver's seat. This is when we fly off the handle. This is when we lose control. This is when we do things where we later slap ourselves in the forehead and we say, what was I thinking? How could I have done that? Don't allow the sympathetic nervous system to take you away from your role as a leader. Somebody could bring you very good information or very bad information, right? Very, very good news or very bad news. And your sympathetic nervous system is going to want to take over. Don't let that happen. How do we control our sympathetic nervous system? Through activation of our parasympathetic nervous system. Rest and digest. Sympathetic, fight, flight, or freeze. Parasympathetic, rest and digest. How does a leader activate his or her parasympathetic nervous system? Simply by breathing deeply. Inhalations that are shorter in duration than exhalations. For example, inhale for four to five seconds, pause, exhale for six to seven seconds. You can do this breathing technique before a major event, such as a very important meeting in the boardroom. You can do this technique during an event, or you can certainly do it after an event. But the point is to keep you in the driver's seat, to keep your comprehensive situational awareness at its peak. The last component of brain and heart health that I'm going to discuss as it applies to leaders is heart rate variability. As your body moves from sympathetic to parasympathetic, as your heart rate accelerates, you could have a linear smooth heart rate acceleration 
or you could have a very jagged nonlinear acceleration. The smooth acceleration is not taxing on the body or the mind. The jagged irregular acceleration is very taxing. It is mentally and physically exhausting. Have you ever had a day where you didn't really do anything physically, but at some point in the day you asked yourself, why am I so mentally and physically tired? I haven't done physical labor. It's probably because you transition from sympathetic to parasympathetic throughout the day, which your body naturally does anyway. But in this case, because of irregular heart rate variability, it was very exhausting. How do we control our heart rate variability? You guessed it. Rest, hydration, nutrition, exercise, proper attention to brain and heart health, and lifelong learning. Having smooth heart rate variability is like the calm before the storm. It's the calm at the starting line. You're ready to go and your heart is ready to accelerate with you throughout the duration of the event. Ultimately, what good heart rate variability means is that you are calm. You're calm throughout the day, especially during crisis. As you maintain and increase your level of calm, you can think better and faster, which means you maintain your executive functioning. This higher level of awareness allows you to see opportunities that others might not see, or it allows you to create opportunities that might otherwise not exist. Finally, going back to the concept of stereo 5.1 surround sound, model the behavior. Your team needs you to be calm and in control, and when things start to get heated, bring that calm and control to everybody on your team. Factor number six, lifelong learning. This is simple. If you've made it this far in this podcast, you're a lifelong learner, and being a lifelong learner is critical to lifelong leadership. Some of the things I've done in recent years, I learned how to snowboard at the age of 49, I coach youth hockey. I go to the hockey clinics every year, what are called continuing education programs for hockey coaches put on by USA Hockey. Those programs not only teach me how to be a better hockey coach, they teach me how to be a better father, a better husband, a better leader in my business, and a better human being. I also learned how to ballroom dance about three years ago. Never in my wildest dreams would I ever have thought that I would have participated in a competitive ballroom dance, but I did it to raise money for a charity. It challenged me tremendously. It took me far outside of my comfort zone, but I had a great time doing it. I learned a lot, and I met some very wonderful people. Warren Buffett reads for six hours a day. Mark Cuban reads for three hours a day. And General Mattis, who wrote the book Call Sign Chaos, somebody who is a revered leader, not only within the U.S. Marine Corps, but within the U.S. military, says the following. If you haven't read hundreds of books, you are functionally illiterate. You will be incompetent because your personal experiences alone aren't broad enough to sustain you. And I will simply say this comes from a man who knows what he's talking about. Okay, folks, this brings us dangerously close to the end of this podcast. If you enjoyed my discussion on the science of leadership, which revolves around rest, hydration, nutrition, exercise, brain and heart health, and lifelong learning, you're going to love my next episode where I have a discussion with Jerry Frensus, who has set 20 world records in master swimming. Jerry's the author of Intentionally Well, and Jerry and I discuss the science of good health and wellness. We'll see you then. Thank you for listening to the Elevate Your Leadership podcast. To contact Bob directly or to learn more about how Bob can advance you and your organization through leadership training, team building, executive coaching, and public speaking, visit robertpizzini.com. Robert, 
P-I-Z-Z-I-N-I.com and connect with him on LinkedIn.